Tiny Tales presents Foreign Correspondence. Had been laced, her lips rouged, and after a final peep in the mirror, she flung open the door. I'm terribly sorry," said the man in the hallway, hand poised to knock, and a bewildered look on his face. For what? I. He smoothed his hair and tugged his tie straight. I'm terribly sorry to disturb you. But it seems our mail was misdelivered. <clears throat> Poor record keeping. I've yet to stay at a hotel without appalling records. There was a pause, each watching the other expectantly, until the man in the hallway cleared his throat and continued. <clears throat> I was awaiting some letters, but I received this instead. He tugged a rumpled envelope from his suit pocket. Is it yours? She looked down at the address, written in a thin, angular hand. No, that's not me. Oh, well, it was worth a try. He fidgeted with the letter, glancing down the hall. I suppose I should check the next room then. You're not a Mr. Sinclair by chance, are you? I am. How did you know? These were delivered earlier. She turned back into the room and retrieved a bundle of letters from beside a vase of blushing roses. It's quite a stack, she said, handing them to him. He shrugged bashfully. Adam. What? Or Archibald? She shook her head. No, that's not it. I thought Alfred at first, but now I've met you. That's not right either. I'm sorry. I don't understand. She pointed to the letters, each neatly addressed to Mister A. Sinclair. I'm Alfred. Arthur. A smile bloomed on her lips. Of course, Arthur Sinclair. Like the president. <laughs> He laughed, but her forehead crinkled in puzzlement. Continental Congress. <laughs> He added miserably. <laughs> I never was very good at history. That's one mystery solved, and it isn't even noon. 
but Mr. Arthur Sinclair did not move from the doorway. There is still this one. He looked down at the lone envelope, then up at her. A glimmer in his eye of a half-fledged idea struggling to take flight. Perhaps we could try to find its owner. It has to belong to someone. I'm sure the front desk can take care of it. She stepped into the hall and pulled the door shut behind her. I'm off to the museum, and your letters must have been important if you came looking for them. What, these? He crammed the unfortunate stack into his pocket. Business, notes from acquaintances, that sort of thing. They'll keep. Besides, we might find a letter for you. Oh, I doubt it. But her gaze flickered back to the envelope in his hand. Still, I guess it doesn't hurt to check. The museum can wait. She put a small bronze key into the lock on the door. And everything will be slightly older when I get there. The lock clicked. She put the key into her bag and took the letter from Arthur, smoothing out the wrinkles. Mrs. R.S. Lafayette. She sounds important. Do you think she's French? It's possible. I've never been to France, she said wistfully, then looked up and down the hall. Where should we begin? Hmm, farther down. She started forward, her small heels silent on the thick floral carpet. Should I know that name, Lafayette? He was a general. Arthur hurried after her. In the Revolutionary War. Perhaps they're related. That must be very interesting, being related to someone famous. Arthur was walking beside her now, intently studying the wallpaper. And what name will we be inquiring after? Mrs... It's Miss. She was fumbling with a button on her lace glove. Miss... H. Langstrom, and the H is for Helen. Like Helen of Troy, Arthur said, blissfully. I hope not. And Helen knocked on the door of 208. It was answered by an immense figure, framed by bright sunlight and the tinny scratch of a string quartet on the Victrola. Yes! Mrs. Lafayette? Yes! I received some mail of yours by accident, and I, I mean, we, this young lady and I, were hoping to return it to you. Isn't that sweet of you? The woman took the letter from Helen, disregarding the spectacles on the silver chain around her neck and holding it at arm's length to squint at it. Why, yes, this is mine. How did you find me? Some mix-up at the front desk, no doubt. These things happen, and I almost didn't answer the door, what with my sister on long distance. She's in California, if you can believe it. She stopped for a breath, and Arthur cut in. Did you receive any letters? Addressed to someone else, perhaps? Well, 
I did, now you mention it. Thought it odd. Meant to ask the bellhop when he came up with lunch, but I was on the phone with my Charles. And when I turned around, the boy had vanished. Left without his tip. Now, where did I put it? She disappeared into the room, talking all the while. Arthur smiled wanly at Helen. Here! Mrs. Lafayette returned, waving a thin envelope. This was kind of you. Such a sweet young pair. I must tell my sister about you. The phone trilled behind her. That'll be her now, wondering where I've gone to. I better answer before she thinks I was murdered or some such nonsense. You've never met such a frightful gossip. That woman could talk the ears off a potato. The envelope was thrust into Helen's hands and the door shut. It's for a Mr. Green. Helen brushed at a jam smudge on the corner. And she wasn't even French. 201. Arthur grimaced. I believe I met him already. Helen sniffed the envelope. Perfume and an entirely impractical handwriting. I can only assume that this Mr. Green is in the middle of a torrid affair. If he is who I think he is, I doubt that. Arthur moved closer to Helen to let a bellhop carrying a silver-domed tray on his shoulder pass. The perfume must be Mrs. Lafayette's. But it isn't her handwriting. Helen looked up at him with a glint in her eye. There's only one way to find out. 201 was occupied by a squat, balding man who glowered at them from a cloud of cigar smoke. No, thank you. I beg your pardon? Shoes, encyclopedias, whatever it is you're hawking, I don't want it. Oh, we're not... They've got women now, too. Mr. Green scowled at Helen. The door was swinging shut. Now hold on! We have a letter for you. I don't want it. It's from a woman! Helen yelled through the closing door, and it paused a crack from the jam. Mr. Green's pruny face glared out before he snatched the letter and peered at the handwriting. You stealing my mail? No, we... Bad enough they let you go door to door in here. Find someone else to pester. But... The door slammed, and Arthur stared at it. He didn't even remember me. But it was his letter. I suppose that's it, then. Arthur looked down at her, pulled himself to his fully average height, and pounded a fist on the door. See here. We did not steal your letter, and we are not salesmen. This incredibly charming young lady is Miss Helen Langstrom. She's staying two doors down from you. We're looking for a letter that was sent to your room by accident and... The door shut again, right in Arthur's face. 
It was sweet of you to try. An envelope popped out under the door. It's been opened. Helen gingerly picked up the tattered envelope. And it's addressed to a Ms. Penelope Barker. That's not me either. A young lady is staying in the room next to mine. She wasn't in earlier, but she might be now. We could try there. Being a postman isn't as exciting as I expected. Delivering the mail isn't as interesting as receiving it. You have to walk that way to the lobby anyway. And after a moment, she agreed. Which room is yours? Helen inquired as they walked down the hall, then not waiting for an answer. It must be nice traveling with acquaintances. Your wife? (laughs) I'm not married. She stopped and looked up at him. Oh, well, I'm sure you're very busy with your studies. I imagine a historian doesn't have time for things like silly day trips... Or maybe a teacher. Nothing as important as that. The tips of Arthur's ears turned pink. I read a lot of books. Too many books. He glanced darkly toward 201. Books are easier than people. It's that one. He said, pointing down the hall. A slender, bright woman in a vibrant satin robe opened the door. Well, hello. She smiled a glossy smile and looked mostly at Arthur. What can I do for you? We have a letter that belongs to you, Ms. Barker. Helen held it out to her. The woman, who didn't deny being Miss Barker took it and fingered the torn edge. Did you read it? Of course not, Arthur said indignantly. Pity. She flashed white teeth at him and cocked a shoulder. You might have enjoyed it. Did you receive any mail that wasn't addressed to you? Pray not. Thank you for your time, then. Helen turned back to the hall. Feel free to come back and check another time. The woman called after them before she laughed and shut the door. Helen was picking at a leaf in a flower arrangement, sitting on a nearby pedestal. I'm sorry. I thought we'd find something. I didn't expect we would. I don't get many letters. Surely the people you're traveling to see would write you, or your family at home. She turned and looked up at him. People always think that. That I'm going to see someone, or waiting for someone, or... Well, maybe I am. But if I am... 
I don't know it. You're traveling alone too. Yes. Do you often travel alone? It's that or stay home alone. And there are so many more interesting places to be alone. She looked down the hall. They all have someone, don't they? Even if it's only some writing on a piece of paper. Miss Barker is also a young lady traveling alone, Arthur said valiantly. It's very modern of you. I highly doubt she spends much time alone. Helen looked toward the broad marble staircase, leading to the lobby teeming with travelers and tall plants in massive pots. You seem to know a lot about history. I suppose you'd find the museum a bore. I bet I wouldn't. But what about your letters? Arthur was gazing down at her upturned face with a dreamy expression. What letters? Helen smiled. I should warn you. I spend more time watching the people than the exhibits. Before they left, Arthur stopped at the front desk and pressed a folded bill into the manager's hand. Please give my compliments to whoever delivered the mail. Today's episode of Tiny Tales was written and narrated by R. E. Rule. Voice acting and foreign correspondence by Frank Narot, Gretchen Pilly, Kristen Newbegin, Dutcher Snedeker, and Brittany Green. To learn more about these wonderful artists, please check out the show notes. Music and production by Frank Narot. If you enjoy our show, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Join us on Patreon for as little as $1 per month to gain exclusive access to the Tiny Tales soundtracks. Visit us at tinytalespodcast.com for details. Thanks for listening. <laughs>